This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling morning, Tallahassee. I must say I'm chilled, but I'm really thrilled at Wave 94, 94.1, 1130 a.m. You have arrived. Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia. And guess what our question is today? Why? the chosen person that I am, the believer that I am. Why am I and you having to go through the wilderness? And did I get out? Will I get out of the wilderness? That's the question today. The wilderness, why must we go through it? I, you know, looking back at the Israelites, and that's always a really good example of our relationship as believers of Jesus Christ. It's always good to look back at Israel. And over in Exodus, the 12th chapter, just before the Lord gets ready to deliver Israel from enslavement for 430 years. I mean, some of us have been under sin for like 10 years, 20 years, and you're like, will I ever be set free? I'm sure Israel thought the same thing, but God is very faithful, amen? And he delivered his own. Yes, he does. So if we look at Exodus 12, chapter 18th verse, it talks about a holy convocation and on the seventh day, and no manner of work shall be done. And um, the feast of the unleavened bread on that same day, I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting covenant. So what is all of that about? Well, before that night, before um, the Lord through Moses told the uh, Pharaoh that um, they were going to be delivered anyway. Before the angel of death came and took the firstborn, okay, from the Egyptians. Here's what the directions were that God gave to Moses. He said, you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that means on the first month, on the 14th day, you shall eat unleavened bread in the evening until the 21st day. So that's for seven days. No leaven shall be found in your house. And if anyone eats that, which is leaven, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. So you shall eat nothing leaven, Okay. And then, and, and so what does 11 represent? That represents sin. So for seven days, the Israelites 
lived a life of no sin, no leaven. <laughs> All right. And uh, then Moses said, take the lambs uh, for yourselves and kill the Passover lamb. Now, the Passover lamb would be the lamb that has no blemish, no, no mark, no deformity. Perfect. It would be perfect. So once that Passover lamb is killed, you take the hyssop, dip it in the blood, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts, and none shall go out of the door until in the morning. The reason was the Lord was going to pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he, the Lord, see the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And uh, the Israelites were told that they should observe this, this act as an ordinance for themselves and their sons forever. So the Israelites must observe the Passover. Okay. And um, it will come to pass that um, when their children would say, dad, why are you doing this? He would explain it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. And so that is what happened. It was like, that's called that death, the spirit of death, the destroyer passed over all of the Israelites. If we go further down uh, to the 31st verse of Exodus, the 12th chapter, uh, all of the Egyptians, from the biggest person, the pharaoh, to the servant in, in the barn or the dungeon, um, all of their firstborn was killed. So, it, you know, God knows how to make uh, a distinction between those that are his and those that are not. And that's going to be the same thing in what's coming, like the great tribulation and tribulation, not a hair, not a... not. A skin burn, nothing will happen to those because God know his own. And he will put a mark between them, a division, a distinction between the believers and the unbelievers, as he did with the Egyptians and the Israelites. The 31st verse, he called for Moses, Pharaoh, and said, rise Go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord. As you have said, take your flock, your herds, be gone, and remember to bless me also. Isn't that interesting that finally, at that juncture, Pharaoh recognizes the power of God. Amen? And so the people took their dome, and they um, went to the Egyptians and asked for articles of silver, gold, and clothing, and the Lord gave the Israelites favor among the Egyptians who gave them not only what they requested, but even more. So they plundered, meaning that they took almost every item of wealth from the Egyptians. And they left Ramses and traveled to Sukkoth. It was 600,000 men on foot, not counting the women and the children. The thing about it is that the Israelites uh, 
lived in Egypt 430 years. Now, they were not in slavery all those 430 years, but at the end of the 430 years, they were pulled out of Egypt by the Lord. So that night is the Passover, and it's also deliverance. You know, the fact that they were set free. And that's Exodus, the 12th chapter, verses uh, 31 to 39. They were set free, but they weren't just set free. They were set free with prosperity. So God set us free with prosperity. And then Exodus, the 12th chapter, verse 40 to 43, the Lord makes it known that no foreigner can eat with Israel or can participate in the Passover only if it is a Israelite or it is a servant um, that has been living with the Israelites. So it is only for family. The Passover is for the family to recognize that God is a deliverer. And then finally in Exodus, the 13th chapter, I believe. Let me look there. I need to mention that the Passover is more like a celebration. It's a party. I was in Israel uh, for a couple of times during the Passover and it's, it's, and it's, it's beautiful. Uh, all of the different families, they get together in hotels and they have huge, huge celebration on that Friday evening. Um, right. You know, at nighttime, the Sabbath starts. So that's when the celebration starts for the Passover as well. All right. Let us look at um, why did God allow them to go in the wilderness? So Exodus, the 13th chapter Starting at the 17th verse, it says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So that means the wilderness has purpose. So my question is, Lord, why does it feel like I'm in the wilderness? And I don't know or understand that God allows us to go into the wilderness because of preparation. If the Israelites had gone to the land of Canaan um, the way of the Philistines, they may not have been prepared either to fight for the promised land because why? They had not yet been prepared to be warriors either. <laughs> so the Lord knows why he allows us to go into the wilderness. Now, if we look at um, even Jesus went in the wilderness, and we're going to learn a little bit more about why is it necessary to Go in the wilderness, and when you're in the wilderness, are you alone? With the Israelites, the Lord himself stayed with them. I mean, 
during the day, he was a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light. So he did not take away the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire. So what that means is that the Lord stayed with them in the wilderness. They were not alone. Amen. Uh, so as believers, what is our experience? I ran over, I was led by Holy Spirit to go over to Romans, <clears throat> the seventh chapter. And if you start at about the 10th verse, uh, you know that while the Israelites were in the wilderness, uh, part of the preparation was sanctification, holiness, set aside, uh, weeding out of those who had no intention of serving God. Uh, uh, even the fact that they could have walked in in 40 days, but they didn't have faith. So preparation entails developing your faith so that you can take up your arms and go forth and, and take dominion as we have been anointed to do. Because once we come to Jesus, we've now been reinstated um, where first Adam did not go through it, but Jesus as the final Adam or second Adam, he did stand the test and he did everything that he came to do, which in the end allowed you and I to have the gift of salvation and reconciliation to our father. So if we look at Romans, the seventh chapter, verse number 10, <clears throat> it said, and the commandment and the commandment, given to the Israelites were those ten, 10 commandments and statues, and we have that ourselves. And so the commandment, which was to bring life, uh, Paul is saying, I found to bring death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it killed me. So sin is the spirit of death. Uh, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy, just, and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. But well, we know that the law is spiritual, but we are carnal and we're sold because we have now been taken into bondage of sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. See, that's the slave. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law, that the law is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So it means like sin inside of you captures your spirit. And even though in your own spiritual sense, you want to do good because you agree with the law, but the sin that is in you continues to produce death. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good 
I do not find that. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. So that means that we, as sinners, we are captured. And so here comes Jesus. Amen. Let me just read a little bit more. Outcry is, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Because in my carnality and my flesh only dwells death. And then I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The law of God is life, L-I-F-E. And the law of sin is death. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Holy Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made us free from the law of sin and death. So in the Israelite situation, God himself, through the Passover, through the covering of their sins with the blood of the lamb, that step was necessary so that when the spirit of death came, it would pass over. The hyssop was the cleansing agent in the blood of the lamb. And by putting that cleansed blood on the doorposts, the spirit of death, the Lord God himself did not allow the destroyer to go into their homes and kill them. And so likewise with us, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did it by sending his own son himself in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh by embodying righteousness in the flesh. Okay that righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit of God. Okay. So this is the thing. We cannot be carnally minded because that is death, right? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. All right. So further on Romans, the eighth chapter, ninth verse, it says, so if the spirit of God dwells in us, uh, then we belong to God. Amen. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, then you don't belong to Christ. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen. And so the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and I. So he raised Christ from the dead. He will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so if you go down to the 14 verse, it says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, we are the sons and daughters of God. We are, we are in the family. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself bears witness 
with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we're family with Jesus Christ. Amen. And then not only that, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Okay. And further on, it says, what can separate us? So just like with the Israelites, it said, if, you know, uh, foreigners cannot participate in the feast of the Passover. So, cause they, they're not family. And so just like you and I, who or what can separate us? What spirit can separate us from the love of God? Okay. And, uh, what we learn is that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, death, any created thing can separate us from the love of God. And the love of God is embodied in Christ Jesus. So why then do we have to go in the wilderness? So if we go to Matthew, looking at the Alpha and Omega, the beginner and the finisher, author and finisher of our faith, we look at Jesus Christ himself Matthew, the fourth chapter, he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. So God led the Israelites into the wilderness in order to have preparation time, in order to ensure that fear would not send them back to bondage. And so God is likewise doing that with us as believers we're in the wilderness because it's like a purification period, purging, <laughs> preparation. And so here's Jesus, um, Matthew 4, chapter. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, and it was to be tempted, tested by the devil. And he fasted 40 days, 40 nights. That's preparation. Okay. And then the tempter comes and says, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones be come bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. That was testing him. And then he took him up to a high holy city and set him up high. said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And again, Satan even gave him the word. Uh, and Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then finally, Satan showed him all the governments and the kingdoms of the world and their glory said, look, I'll give you all this if you just worship me. And Jesus said, Satan, it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God and him only shall you serve. So he was tempted, body, soul, spirit, flesh, always. The wilderness is where you are prepared, you are tested uh, to know for sure that God can really entrust you with the promised land, with the assignment, with the anointing. And that's what Jesus had to go through. Notice that at the end of it all, the angels, the ministering spirits came and they ministered to him. When you come out of the wilderness, you now have the tongue of God. You know, Jesus is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You have the compassion, the heart, the empathy, the mission, the vision of our Father. And if you notice, um, it talks about how Jesus went all about Galilee, Matthew, the fourth chapter, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease among the people. I mean, he healed people who were afflicted with torments and demon-possessed and epileptics and paralytics. He healed them. This is what you and I are to do. This is why you're in the wilderness. You're being prepared to go out and deliver those that are in captivity, to heal the sick so that they can recover, to uh, give sight to the blind. This is what it's all about. Why are we in the wilderness? Because we are being prepared. Amen. And um, over in Matthew 26 chapter, let's see what that's about. Verse 17. I know it's about Jesus. (laughs) And here it says, um, the feast of the 11 bread. So that's why the Passover, the communion is so important to you and I as believers of Jesus. Amen. Um, Jesus kept the Passover with his disciple, his family. You know, at one time his mother and brothers came to look for him and people say, Hey, your mom and your brothers, they're at the door. And Jesus said, Hey, my family, who is my family? My family are those that do the will of my father, meaning that you have submitted to Jesus discipling you. And that's us in this world today. And um, therefore, they uh, had the Passover together. And um, Jesus um, said to them, take, eat, this is my body. That was the bread that they broke. Unleavened bread, that means no sin. Okay, so we are to be holy because God is holy. Jesus is holy. Then he gave him the cup and it was it had wine, but he said, drink from it. All of you, meaning my family, we are in the family of God. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission, not the covering remission of sins. And then he lets them know, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day. When I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom, the communion, the Passover, the feast and the Passover itself is 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 a symbol, is a covenant, is an example that we are family. It's letting you and I know that we are no longer in the family of sin or the kingdom of darkness, but instead we have been translated into the family of Jesus Christ. Over in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, Paul even talks about it at the uh, 23rd verse. So a lot of us sometimes wonder, you know, why do we take communion? It's because the communion is indication that you understand that Jesus was the lamb who gave his blood that allowed you to not be destroyed by the spirit of death or the destroyer that you are living under Passover on a daily basis. And so we take communion. uh, Here it is. For I received, Paul, from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me, of what I have done, that my body has served as a sacrifice for your sin, that I am the lamb 
I was the lamb. <laughs> and, 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 and I had no blemish, no sin. And this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So I'll stop there. Why did you and I have to go? And why are you still in the wilderness if you are? And the answer is because you are being prepared. You are in a state of purification. Uh, you've already gone through a lot of acts that the enemy did against you to try to kill you, but he was not able to kill you because the spirit of the living God covered you. You have now um, acknowledged that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you are in the family of God. So it is the spirit of God that is allowing you to become a child of God. And so in the wilderness, it is a moment of preparation, a time of you've already been anointed, you've been chosen, uh, foreknown by God, ordained, justified, and Jesus will be glorified in your life. But you must go through the wilderness in order to complete the purging so that you can come out as Jesus did, casting out devils, healing the sick, recovery of sight, healing the lame, setting the captives free, proclaiming the day of the Lord and preaching the gospel that Jesus has made the path for reconciliation unto the creator father. I'm going to pray for all of us now. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the wilderness, Lord, and we know that it is a plan a plan that you have developed personally to allow us to grow in faith and strength and anointing God and, and that we're able to walk in the original blessings that you gave to our father Adam and our mother Eve, Lord, when you blessed them in the realm of the Spirit to multiply, take dominion, replenish the earth with you. And so, God, we just thank you for your plan and we agree with you Lord and we will submit when we're in the wilderness so we can come out empowered and ministered to to do your will in Jesus name we pray amen thank you Lord and I, I love you guys uh, happy Thanksgiving and know that all is well that God has a great plan and you you and you are a part of this marvelous plan Go for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody wanna see you love?